welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, and welcome to episode 216 of the podcast. So very glad that you're here today. I have a fantastic episode for you today. You are going to get the privilege of getting to know the incredible artist, Beth Allen. Beth Allen is not only a very talented painter, sketch artist, just overall creative person, but she is also a mom of seven seven kids. We're going to talk about raising a large family, including having twins. We're going to talk about adventure and cultivating that in her family. We're going to talk about how she got through the tough times of supporting her husband through his dreams while putting some of her own dreams on the back burner and how she's brought her dreams back to the forefront in order to show up better as a mom. So many great takeaways from this episode and I hope you love getting to know Beth today and I hope you'll also go check out her beautiful, beautiful artwork. Let's get to it with Beth Allen. All right. I want to welcome Beth to the show. Hi, Beth. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Where am I speaking to you from today? Um, from my home in Lawrence, Kansas. I uh, have a confession for the listeners. This is actually our second interview, and you were nice enough to come back on because the recording did not work the first time, and so this is a redo, but this is going to be even better the second time. I know it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Exactly. This is going to be great. Beth, I'm (laughs) just so thrilled to be chatting with you because I am such a fan of your beautiful artwork, and as somebody that is not talented in that way, I really value somebody that has that skill set, and I hope everyone will check that out as well, but will you just give a little background on your family? what your family looks like, how many kids you have, and what you do professionally. Sure. Well, I am married to, to Jared Allen, and we have seven kids, um, ra- ranging in age um, from 13 to, um, let's see, 19, 19 months. Wow. I have ni- we have a set of twins at the end, and they're 19 months. I grew up in Arizona, and... Um, met my husband working at a Chili's in Tempe, Arizona while I was going to um, ASU and getting, I got my degree in um, fine arts and painting. Um, And I guess that leads to being being an artist. So I am an artist and I um, mostly do oil paintings, but I like watercolor. I like um, kind of experimenting a little bit here and there. But I would say for the most part, I do um, oil paintings. I do um, abstracts, some portraits, a lot of a lot of um, children portraits for families. Um, and right now, specifically, I'm working on um, a series called Her, which is all about um, women and what it means to be a, a woman. That's about. That's a good, um, quick overview. <laughs> kind of brings us up to speed. Yeah. And so as a mom of seven kids, is that what you always envisioned? Let's go back to early motherhood for you. When you just had that first little baby, did you envision this is the first of seven? Or what did you picture? And how was that experience for you becoming a mom? Uh, well, growing up, I came from 
well, I have I have three little brothers, but my extended family was pretty large. I had a lot of cousins. I think I'd have to I might have to do a recount, but I think I had about fifty two cousins on one side on my dad's side. Wow! And so I grew up I grew up in this really large extended family, and having those cousins and going to you know family um, gatherings regularly was a big part of my life, and I loved having that and I still you know I'm close to my cousins so I think growing up I kind of I knew that I liked that and I and I liked the idea of having a big family um I wasn't sure if I could handle a big family or if I could pull it off but I knew like in the back of my head that I really liked the idea of having a big family and I thought there was something special about it so um I guess once I did have um, my first baby, I had, her name's Ella, I had her um, in 2004, um, I just, I didn't know what to expect, I didn't know if I would love um, motherhood, you know, I was kind of scared and nervous about it, like I knew I wanted to be a mother, but I didn't, I didn't know, because I'm, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of, um, things that I like to do. And I guess I was kind of nervous that I wouldn't be able to do them anymore. But um, Mm -hmm. I ended up really loving being a mother and just (laughs) having uh, a really good time doing it. And so I had more kids and I ended up with a big family. (laughs) Yeah, that is, that's so great. And you added your second very, very quickly. And there's a lot of moms in the trenches right now with toddlers underfoot and they're juggling you know, buckling everyone into their seats instead of, you know, having the independent children in and out of the car and everything. And you remember those days and it feels like it's going to last forever. And I want to unpack a little bit more what you said, like you like to do things, you like to produce things, you like, you have hobbies and interests and things, and you were afraid that was going to go away with motherhood. And, and in some seasons, I'm sure we'll talk about that. It did, it did get put on the back burner, but what would you tell the moms in the trenches right now who do feel like they're in that space of putting their things on the back burner for the sake of their young family. Yeah. Well, I know it's cliche, but it really is just a short, a short time. And I know that, that in the moment it feels really hard and um, like it's never going to end, mm-hmm. but um, it does, it ha- it goes by so fast and um, soon, you know, your kids don't want you to help you anymore and yeah. so <laughs> um and they don't want you know they're they're independent and which is what we want but but having them little independent on you um for everything is is really a short short period of time Hey everyone, I hope you're loving getting to know Beth, but I wanted to interject to thank one of our show sponsors, and that is Daily Burn. Dailyburn.com is the fitness program you can stick with and get results from. I don't know about you, but I am pressed for time, and one of the hardest things is prioritizing my fitness. Getting to the gym feels astronomical to me right now, and so working out from my home is the only way I have been able in this season of my life to make it happen, and Daily Burn has been a great resource for that. No more driving to the gym. It costs way less than fancy exercise gadgets, and all of the videos on there require little to no equipment. You can get personalized workout plans, and there's videos on there with expert-led workouts of every kind, including cardio, yoga, kickboxing, dance, and so much more. They even stream a live new workout every single morning if you get bored. 
So if you're looking for an at-home exercise solution, give Daily Burn a try. Visit dailyburn.com slash EMP today to start your free 60-day trial. That's dailyburn.com slash EMP. dailyburn.com slash EMP. Thanks for sponsoring the show, and now let's get back to Beth. And so what has been the best part of having a large family, and then what's been the hardest part for you? Um, I'll start with the best part. Great. <laughs> so the best part, um, I just, I love um, being all together, and I love how unique each child is. Hmm. Like, it's amazing. I love how different each child is, even though, even the ones that are really close together that, that were raised, you know, very similarly, are are so different, and they each bring something special to our family. And I love um seeing that grow and and what they can contribute and what I learn from them um so I just I just think it's really fun it's really fun and and that's probably like when each time I've had um, a new baby it's what I've looked forward to the most is like well what is this little person gonna be like you know like what you know it's it's just it's so cool to me that they're just so unique and so special but um the hardest thing is probably for me, and I'm thinking like right now for me, <laughs> is just um, finding the time to spend with each child mm. um, one-on-one. That's difficult. And also um, right now, like learning how to discipline and to like decrease the fighting. <laughs> sure, sure. There's so many... And we're all together, and it's hard. Like it's hard to know how to how to handle that sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. And especially when summer approaches and the kids are all together, I just say there's just so many opportunities for togetherness, which is great. But then there's also so many opportunities for them, you know, getting into it with each other in a bad way. And so, <laughs> just so yeah. many hours. <laughs> so it's tricky, but. Yeah, I think that one-on-one time, no matter whether you have two kids or seven kids, it's just always a struggle to make them feel seen and important. But really what I've learned is that, I mean, I just have three, but it's not a a matter of the quantity of time. It's really the quality of time. And one of the parenting experts I love, Dr. Laura Markham, she talks about 10 minutes, or maybe it was Amy McCready. I maybe miscited that, but um, 10 minutes even just 10 minutes of doing what they want to do on their own terms, that can just be a game changer. And I noticed that when I was nursing, whenever I would spend that time up front with them, because when do your kids want your attention? When you're on the phone, when you're occupied doing something else where they're not getting that attention. But if you fill their bucket first, then you can go into the activity. And I would say, okay, what do you need? I'm going to hop on a podcast interview or, okay, I'm going to go feed the baby. What do you need? And I create that space of like 10 minutes where, you know, they're fed, they're, they have their drink. I played Legos for a few minutes and their tank is full. So they're way less likely to impulsively seek that attention. Have you kind of found that too? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I noticed, you know, sometimes I think you think, well, I can't sit down and, you know, play for an hour right. toys on the floor. And you don't want but to. It, it doesn't that sounds take terrible. an hour. Yeah, you don't right. want to. I, I hate doing stuff like that. Right. But like, it doesn't take an hour. You can, you know, sit down and just give them your full attention for really, like you said, like 10 minutes. Yes. And 
then just kind of back off and they'll just continue to play and they'll be content. Right. Um, yeah, I noticed, and that's, that's a, um, kind of how I, I reconciled the feelings of, of guilt for not being able to spend like the perfect amount of one-on-one time with each child, which is not a real thing, but, right. um, is just trying to sneak in just a little bit every day, just like with each child. And sometimes, um, oh, I said this before, but like the, I would just, with my, with my seven-year-old daughter, she wants to go on a walk around the block and I'm not sure why (laughs) it's just a thing she likes to do and she wants to do it with me and it's not a very big block and it doesn't take very long, but we go for a walk around the block and she's just so happy after that. And I feel like, okay, she got what she needed and, you know, and then she can go and, and play or like with my son who's five, um, I just try to, we have our special reading time every day and it's not that long either, but I notice, you know, if we can get that in every day, he seems to be content, Mm. but I, so I don't think it has to be, um, this big elaborate thing, just taking the time to just connect with, with them and let them know like, Hey, I see you, you know, Mm -hmm. I love you. It didn't have to be a whole lot. Like it just needed to be done in love and the best that I could do it. Sure, I'm sure having twins at the end of all these kids for number six and seven, yeah, that, like, my hands are full, guys. Like, there's only, (laughs) mama can only do so much, and so there really is that that intention that you put behind it. Um, And I think it's really important, too, to get them involved in what you're already doing. I was talking to my five-year-old this morning about, he's like, Mom, I really love cooking with you. Do you think you could teach me more things about cooking? Of course I can, you know? And so that's not 10 minutes of separate Lego time where I'm not able to attend to dinner. It's bringing him in with me. Um, And my husband, his dad used to take him to the gas station whenever he'd fill up the car on Saturday mornings. And that was their little 10-minute outing. And he would just ride in the car and they would talk. And that was literally like one of the only times they really interacted during the week because he worked a lot. And But that was a really special bonding time. So don't underestimate what the activity is and bringing them into your world. If you're already going on a walk around the block, bring one of them with you. If you're already cooking dinner, teach them to have a, you know, learn some skills in there and whatnot. And do you do that with your painting? Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, we, we've done that really in a lot of aspects in our life with my painting, you know, um, art is something that I feel really lucky to be able to do as my career because I can do it with my kids and so I'll I'll set up you know some things for them to do like Mm -hmm. with their little watercolors and while they're working on those I can work on my stuff and it's a win-win and um I'll have my older girls help you know with shipping and um others like wrapping things up or organizing my my art supplies, which can get really messy sometimes. And, <laughs> and it's fun. Like we can, we can do it together and make it fun. And I do feel like when it's something that I enjoy, um, I could do it all day with one of my kids, you know, like yeah. it's, it makes it fun for me. And I think that, that they just enjoy being with their parents. And so, so usually, you know, if, if they feel like they can contribute then it doesn't matter too much what, what it is, what, what it is. 
Well, yeah, and you guys used to have a bakery in your house. Your husband went to culinary school, or ba- what, what do you call it, pastry school? Oh, yeah, he went to culinary okay, school. Okay, culinary yeah. school, and, yeah. and you started a bakery, and that was really a family effort, and if it wasn't a family effort, it would have could have been really divisive for your family if he was going away a lot and working those long yeah. hours, but it really was a family effort. Tell me about that time. Um, so my husband went to culinary school um, in Arizona, and um, he actually fell in love with baking there. He started. He's a really good um, cook as well, but he discovered baking and fell in love with it um, in culinary school because they had a required class that he had to take. Mm. And he was like, oh, I have to take this baking class. <laughs> and he ended up <laughs> loving it. But um, so I guess it was. I mean, he's had he's had a, a lot, a few different jobs in the culinary field, but he decided he wanted to start a bakery probably four or five years ago. So um, he was still working a different job, but we we started um, on the weekends and kind of in the evenings working on this this bakery um, that he he called it. It's actually still a bakery in Arizona. He sold it, but it's um, called Proof. And um, it was kind of built on um, artisan um, sourdough breads and um, croissants, chocolate croissants. And that sounds it started perfect. Off really small. Yeah, they're really good. I, I actually bet. miss those croissants a lot. <laughs> I bet. And, um, <laughs> like he started, yeah, he started it out of out of the garage and slowly started accumulating the equipment, you know, like the restaurant and grade ovens and little by little. And eventually, you know, um, ended up quitting his job and doing that full time. And, um, it was a lot of work and he did it all once he, once he, you know, quit his other job, he did it all the time. I felt like he was, he was not working. He was sleeping. Um, but since it was in our garage and, um, in kind of out of our house, the kids were really involved in the whole process and, um, especially the older ones, but you know, the younger ones helped here and there too, but, um, they would go out in the garage and help roll up croissants, help mix, mix dough, put, you know, labels on, um, bags and um, help go on deliveries really you know they have they did a lot like looking back I'm I'm really proud of them for mm-hmm. everything they that they did do and and they they enjoyed doing it you know sometimes they would get we would pay them a little bit of money here and there sometimes they would just do it and um I think that they they liked it they they had a fun time doing it and they felt important and special being able to help the family um but yeah like you said like if if maybe he would have started a bakery um where he had to go in and work 80 hours a week and I didn't see him that would have been a whole different story you know I don't think that we could have sustained it that long as long as we did um, if it wasn't more of a family business now you may be thinking about those croissants she just talked about, but bear with me. I want to talk to you about our next show sponsor, and that is Aura Organic. Whether you're a busy professional, a parent on the go, or you're just looking for high-quality supplements, Aura Organic has the cleanest and most delicious nutritional products available. 
Or Organic prides itself on being organic, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, non-GMO, and there's nothing artificial. So when I am scooping in that protein powder into my smoothies or the acai powder that gives me an extra boost of superfood, I am feeling really good about the extra nutrients that I'm getting. You can try Aura Organic with 15% off of your first order using the code EMP when you go to www.aura.organic. That's aura.organic and use that code EMP for 15% off of your first order. I love the flavor. I love the health benefits. Aura Organic is a great solution to my everyday needs as a busy mom. So thank you so much, Aura, for sponsoring this podcast. I am so, so grateful for our show sponsors who allow us to keep this show free and available for all of you to listen into. So if you ever want to support the show, I love it when you share the show with a friend. It means so much when you leave reviews on iTunes. And I hope you will also give business to these companies that sponsor the show. So thank you so much to both of our show sponsors. Let's get back to it. Yeah, and I'm sure you are so proud in hindsight, especially of, of what your kids were able to contribute. And and I'm sure it made them feel so good, the value that they were able to add. And then at the same time, though, you have all of these kids, your husband's running a business, working so, so many hours. Were there periods of time, though, where you felt like you were feeling really depleted, like your dreams and your goals and your art was on the back burner and he's getting to pursue his dreams, but you were in a season of of waiting to be able to pursue those? Was that hard at all? It was the thing that was hard for me was seeing how hard he was working and um, not making the money that we needed. Yeah. that was really hard and you know that kind of actually pushed me into painting more um because I wanted to help support the family but it was hard because I felt kind of this pressure um to paint and help support um the family but then at the same time found it really hard to find the time to do so Mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of where my struggle is is that um like I wanted to paint and wanted to help um, the family, but it was really hard for me to to be able to find the time to do that. Right. And does painting feel any different to you when you feel like you have to do it to contribute financially to your family versus when you're able to do it with a little bit more freedom and at your own will and pleasure? Does it feel any different to you? feels very different. Okay. Very t- different t- tell me. me about that. When I feel, and I've, I've experienced both, obviously, like mm-hmm. when I feel like I am just painting for me and just painting because I love painting and I'm painting what I want to paint just because it makes me happy. Um, first of all, like I feel like my work is better hmm. and um, I just enjoy it and it makes me happy. When I'm feeling like when I felt like I have to do it, like I feel the pressure to make money, then it's not as fun. I still enjoy it on some level, but I just, it's, it stresses me out. And so that makes me kind of double think, well, will people want to buy this? You know, will they, then I have to, then I start thinking, well, maybe I need to paint this certain way. And it, it messes with my ability to paint because I overthink it. Mm -hmm. And, um, instead of just enjoying it. So that's something that I've learned um, to catch myself when I start falling into that making money 
trap. Mm-hmm. It really affects my work, and I need to not uh, try not to let myself feel that pressure yeah. um, to to do that. Because I think a lot of a lot of it is my own. Like, because yeah, we could use the money um, to to help support us, but a lot of it is self imposed. Like, mm-hmm. I'll get into that way of thinking. Yeah. I can recognize it a little bit better now, but yeah, and doing it for myself and for my own happiness is so much better. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> right. And I'm sure that there's some, t- not perfect balance, but some type of dynamic where, you know, you're still able to create and build a business while also retaining some of the time and space to just create for you as well. So you're kind of filling yeah. that cup, but then you're also able to create in that other way that is productive because the fact of the matter is a lot of us do have to work and do have to contribute in some way. And it's not always fun. And sometimes you just do it because you have to do it. But having a portion of your time spent on doing what truly fills you up, whatever that looks like, that's a really critical component of being able to show up as a happy, fulfilled mom and and then yeah. to, to have the energy to then serve others and your family yeah. it looks different yeah yeah I, I think you know you always hear about about balancing acts and and I, I don't necessarily think that's the right way to describe it like mm-hmm. I feel like it's for me um I have to just find um take it day by day, by day and um kind of weigh my priorities and because I need to paint like it's a huge part of who I am I need to paint if I don't if I don't create if I'm not painting then um, I'm not as nice of a mom I kind of get a little resentful at the same time like we were saying I all but I need to also keep in check the expectations mm-hmm. that I put on myself so sure. yes I need to paint but I need to not expect to be able to paint as much as artists who don't have kids or who, mm-hmm. um, you know, have more help in that arena as far as maybe like have a separate studio they can drive to and work and have childcare. So I can't put unrealistic expectations on myself, but I still want to paint and need to paint. Well, I think when you really see the difference too, right? You've gone through seasons where you've been more strapped for time, finances, all of that. And and then you've had times of more freedom and that. And so when you see the comparison, you see where the priorities do line up, right? You may have thought, no, my priority is being with my kids all the time. Like that's what I have to yeah. do right now. I can't afford a babysitter. I have to do this. But then you end up being, you know, a Jekyll and Hyde mom. And I'm speaking of me, not of you. (laughs) And you're like, well, this isn't really working for me, right? And so you're like, well, then what what is it? And so I like instead of the term, you know, balance, more of what is the dynamic that works? And dynamic is kind of a fluid thing. And it could be a day-to-day dynamic that shifts based upon what you need or want to get done. Or it's seasonal, you know, whatever it looks like for you. But your priorities are really important and it may not look like you thought they would look as just a checklist on paper, but really painting to you is more than just the actual creation of art. It is, you mentioned to me in the last conversation, it's like therapy 
for you. And, yeah. and then you're a different mom when you show back up to your kids. And that makes yeah. it a very high priority because it's not just yeah. painting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it's, I think it's important for women and mothers, um, to, to hold on to what makes, what, what makes them them and what makes them happy and that becoming a mother isn't, um, like a life sentence, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it doesn't mean you have to give up what you love and it, you shouldn't because it makes, um, you a better person. It makes me a better person. It makes me a better mother. Um, I think the best gift I can give to my children is for myself to be a joyful, as joyful and happy and content as I can be. Mm. Um, and that I don't need to be a martyr. You know, I don't need to give this up. It's not going to make me a better mother to say, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm just focusing on my kids right now and that's all I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I am not a good mother when, when I do that because right. I need to fill that part of me with, I need to fill up that cup. So, you know, you hear that, you need to fill it up so that you can give. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, being able to paint and do things that make me happy makes um, makes me want to spend time with my kids, makes me want to share, you know, my joyful experiences with them. So Sure. And that's why I think moms who work outside the home, you know, oftentimes I hear so much about the guilt that they feel from spending time away from, from their kids. And it just breaks my heart because for them – it's a form of filling up their cup during the day. And when they come home, they're on yeah. and they have felt like they fulfilled that in themselves. So then they're able to show up better. Whereas maybe yeah. they would have been more the Jekyll and Hyde mom had they had more hours at home during the day. And that would have been no better for your kids either. You know, so yeah. I think it's just so case by case what your family looks like. If you work, if you don't work inside the home, outside the home, you just really have to be intentional about what your family needs and what you really need. And I love that you're honoring that in yourself. And after a while of that bakery, it just it just kind of ran you guys ragged and you made yeah. a huge leap selling the business and you actually moved into a church basement across the country. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> We're kind of a crazy family. I love um, that. <laughs> but that is, that is the opportunity you needed, though, to kind of get yeah. back to unearthing what you needed and what was inside you and what you wanted your family to become. Tell me about that transformative time for you guys. Yes. Yes, it's a good – I felt like it was a big reset button. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we we had been running this bakery for years, and, you know, um, my poor husband, you know, he would go – I'm. I remember he would go sometimes, you know, close to 30 hours straight with no sleep. And this was like on a weekly basis. Like it was not just here and there. Actually from um, last year at this time, like from February till the time that we moved, he didn't have one single day off. Wow. And um, I just, I was getting worried about him. I was getting concerned for his health. Um as much as, you know, he loved the business and he loved what he was doing, it wasn't um, supporting us in the way that we needed financially. And so we kind of sat down and we were like, well, what can we do? You know, what what can we do? We need to make some changes. Like, this isn't working anymore. Um, it's, 
it's not good for our family and for our marriage anymore. It's, we need to make some changes. And so at first, um, I just started looking into maybe taking um, a extended vacation, having, you know, giving Jared a time to sleep <laughs> and recharge and to kind of um, figure out what we wanted to do. But it ended up um, turning into a, a move across the country. So I, I know I have some artist friends that own a, a church studio in Massachusetts, and I reached out to them and asked, you know, can, well, can we come rent out your um, studio um, for like a month or something just so that we can have a, a long break during the summer? And um there's so there's it's called artist common it's a an old catholic church in massachusetts that is used as an artist studio and um you know they they do workshops out of there and paint out of there and then on the property there is a house a big house and one of one of the artists was like well i'm actually really looking to sell this house um you guys should buy it and you can you can use it as part of your income because they rented it out as an Airbnb and made were quite successful doing that. And so like, okay, well, that would be a really good opportunity for us. We could, you know, use that income and supplement it with, with my art, my artwork and, you know, have this time to just um, kind of live. One of our, Jared and I just, we love to, to live and work together. So it, it could kind of be this, um, family business again that we like and so you know it was just kind of everything was kind of falling into place to make it happen um, we sold our house really quickly um, and Jared sold his business and we moved across across the country and we felt really good about it it was actually really fun you know traveling across the country there was you know the moments of stress <laughs> and stuff yeah as but but we made it, we tried to make it fun and make it an experience. We stopped as many places as we could. And um, when we got there, we uh, still hadn't, you know, we were in the process of trying to buy this house and we still hadn't bought it yet. So we stayed in in the church. And in the church, there's a basement apartment. Um, that's It's a nice little apartment. And we stayed there um, while we were trying to buy the house. And it was just... And so much fun to to be in Massachusetts during the summer. It was beautiful, and um, you know Jared wasn't working, so we explored and went on hikes, and you know explored Boston and explored some of the areas around, and just spent time together. And um, I got to paint a ton, and I got to paint in the in the Catholic Church studio, and. I don't think I'd ever painted that much in my whole life, even hmm. even in college, maybe. And um, it was just so, so good. And um, we ended up, let's see, we, were, we got there in July. And we found out in September that we weren't going to be able to get the house. It was really devastating for me at first. I had, you know, kind of put all my hopes and dreams into this basket and I just, it was confusing because it felt like so right and it just made, it was just something that I wanted so badly 
Hmm. And so when we found out that it wasn't going to work out, I was, <laughs> I was pretty sad about it. Um, so we, um, just, we sat down and kind of reevaluated the situation and decided, well, what should we do now? This isn't going to work. We decided that we would move, um, to Kansas where Jared's family is, where his, he's from. And so we ended moving back here and, um, it's, it was not what, what I expected or planned for at all, but it's, been a really great thing for us and it's just so funny to me how life works out sometimes yeah Um, well and like you said moving itself and and having that respite of a few months was like a reset button and no matter how long whether you're able to buy the house or it turned out the way it did where you moved back to Kansas and no matter what was next that reset still happened and did you feel that reset linger that reset effect linger in your family even though the circumstances didn't pan out as you had hoped after you kind of got over the fact that it wasn't going to look the way you hoped it would um yes yeah Yeah, I definitely felt the reset like and I I think like it just hit me like I was I was really sad about it It just hit me like well well look like look at the big picture like who when else would you have the chance to have an opportunity like that to go paint and a Catholic church studio, like when else would that ever be a possibility? And to spend all this time with my family, like that was such a great experience. Mm -hmm. Like I could look at it like, like that and, you know, put a positive spin on it. Like I could either choose to focus on the negative and that we didn't get the house and that, you know, it, it, it didn't work out how I wanted, or I can view it as just a really good life experience and a way, like a stepping stone, a way to get mm. to where we want to be eventually. Right. So. Yeah. And it wasn't a wasted experience because it taught you so much and it reset your family and it refocused your priorities and all of these things. And you can implement those same areas of growth in Kansas. It doesn't need to be in a certain location. It doesn't need to be in a certain home. And I think, I know it's true for me, I cling so tightly sometimes to, oh, I just want this feeling to last forever. I want this season to last forever. I want this circumstance to last forever. That is a really, going back to expectations, unrealistic expectation that that will ever be. And, you know, we don't have control over it and it may not even be what we ultimately need. And Kansas could be the place for you. And we move a lot and it's really challenging, but it's also there's good things on the horizon. If I choose to see that and that those expectations are just everything it is. Yeah. They can be really dangerous. I feel like, I feel like life never goes as you plan it. You know, it, it never, it never goes how you think it's going to be. And it's usually, I would say most of the time better that way. Yes. You, know, you get, you get what you need and, and that's what we needed. And it got us here. And I'm actually really grateful to be here. It's been, um, it's been what we've needed mm. and we know, you know, now we know exactly what we want to do and we're taking the steps to do it. And I don't think that would have happened um, really honestly, any other way. So it was a yeah, stepping I don't regret stone. It. I don't yeah. regret it at all. It was a life changing experience. And I think that our whole family will look back on it and 
Mm. It'll be just kind of a special time in our lives. At least it will be for me. Mm. And I know it will be for my husband too. And hopefully it will be for my kids, but I think it will. I think it will be, a, yeah. you know, some good memories for them. Absolutely. And I'm sure, I just love that visual of stepping stones. And I'm sure anybody listening can think about each of those markers in their own personal life that has gotten them to where they are today. And we don't know what that next stone will entail, but we know it will be there. You know, like yeah. there, there's there's this path for us. And um, we can't always dictate what it is. Sometimes it's a really happy, sweet, precious stepping stone. And sometimes it's a really big bugger that is <laughs> terrible that we yeah. wish we didn't have to step upon. But there's always the next step. There's always yeah. a next one. Um, and there, there's a lot of hope in that. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There it's is. something it's hard to learn. Like it, it it's is. something that you <laughs> – it just takes time and living to learn it, I guess. But yeah, it's Absolutely. true. It's so true. Absolutely. Well, I just hope everybody will check out your art between the florals and the more abstract work as well as the portraits. I think that's how I first found out about you. I think you did um, Brooks White's kids. Did you do portraits of her kids? Yep. Okay. Yes. That's how I found out about you in the first place. And since then, I've been following along and just gorgeous. You are so immensely talented. And I just really feel so much of your, your joy of art in that expression, which I think just makes it that much better. Oh, thank you. Really amazing. I love I love doing the portraits. They're, mm, they're special. special. There's something special about being able to create a, a type of, like an heirloom. Mm-hmm. When I can, there's something really rewarding about being able, sometimes it's harder than others, but being able to capture the, you know, special things that make that child look like that child. And, um, to be able to share it with the parents and have them, you know, really love it. It's just, it's really rewarding for me to be able to do that. I bet. Um, I bet. I love it. And I assume you've painted your own children. Like, do you have, do you have your artwork all over the place? <laughs> Not as much as you would think. I have um, finished three of my children. Uh-huh. Um, it's my goal <laughs> to finish all of them before they move out. That's a good goal. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, my studio has my artwork everywhere, mm-hmm. but throughout the house, I, I'll have it a little bit here and there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is just gorgeous. Where can people find you online if they want to find out more? Um, well, I'm on Instagram. That's probably where I'm most active. Um, it's at Beth and Allen. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I have a website, um, www.bethallenart.com. I do have a Facebook page. I'm not, that's not a good, reliable way um, <laughs> to get a hold of me, but it's, it's Beth Ann Allen as well. Okay. So, and you sell both custom pieces of art, like commissioned pieces, portraits, things like that, but then also just beautiful paintings as well that you can purchase? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of trying to figuring out my niche, but usually I'll have, I, I always do portraits. Um, and then, um, right now I'm like, I'm working on a a large abstract for, for a customer, but, um, then I try to work each year on one series. Mm, And that's the her series this year. Yeah. This year it's the her series. And I'm not sure exactly when that will be available, but it will be eventually. Mm. Um, 
and you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I update um, and and tell tell everyone when stuff is available. Perfect. So. Well, everyone's going to have to check that out because you are just so, so talented. And I just love seeing women using their gifts both to benefit their families and just to fill up their own soul and share it with the world. And you're doing that, Beth, and I just love it so, so much. Oh, thank you. You're so awesome. I always ask my guests just one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Um, I... I think, you know, that I, well, one of the reasons I create art is as therapy and, you know, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. I think I would give myself a hug and just, you know, tell myself that, that I am enough and that, you know, that everything's going to be okay and, you know, that, that I am, have worth and it doesn't matter you know, I don't have to prove that, that it's just, it just is. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's what I would tell myself. That's beautiful. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, Beth, for taking the time, a second time to chat with me. I love hearing <laughs> oh, no about problem. your motherhood journey and your artistic journey. It is just so inspiring. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. I love speaking with Beth about her journey and it is so different from my own and both in family composition and in our giftings and everything like that. But I love learning from other women like Beth and I hope that you enjoyed getting to know her too. Definitely check out everywhere you can follow her online on Instagram and on her website. All of that is linked on ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you don't already follow me, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. This Friday, we have an episode coming out with Liz Weiss. Liz is a nutritionist and a nutrition expert, really, who helps moms everywhere to get their kids to eat what they're cooking. <laughs> Even more than that, we talk about dealing with allergies. We talk about dieting fads. We talk about the secret that helped my kids to eat more of what I made for dinner. You're going to want to tune in on Friday for that. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And I just want to give you my heartfelt thanks for tuning in today and every week and hope that you are inspired by all of these amazing women that come on the podcast. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.